Welcome to Ryan Rants and Raves, a podcast series by the Quebec government office in New York. Bienvenue à Ryan Rants and Raves, une série de podcasts par le gouvernement du Québec à New York. Bonjour tout le monde. Today, I am very happy to be speaking with Annie Rouleau. She is a Montrealer and she is the founder of the Incentive Company. Annie, uh, merci d'être venu. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. Annie, before we start, um, could you just give a brief background about uh, the Unscented Company and what was your inspiration to create it? Well, the Unscented Company uh, was created in 2011 uh, and I had in mind to redefine the notion of claims. So back in 2011, I wanted to create a home and body care line that would be natural, that would be efficient and exclusively unscented. Although being a soap company, we are part of an industry that probably contributes to one of the biggest environmental uh, problems, which is plastic packaging yep. or single use. So we definitely have now a natural line that is uh, designed to uh, really, you know, we'd be part of reducing our collective uh, plastic footprint. Well, you mentioned, you know, plastic and how it's a huge problem. Um, just by, you know, from my brother in California, you know, they separate all their recycling. And to imagine how much is actually used by plastic by a single person. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's hard to yeah. imagine. And that times it's, everyone else. <laughs> exactly. And I think that that's what the inspiration was, because I believe that we, everyone, every household uses cleaning products cosmetic and beauty products. So I think one industry that we could tackle and make sure we redesign it, we rethink it, was definitely something with a product that we use on a daily basis. So you're exactly. right. I'm sure, I'm sure the plastic footprint uh, for this industry is tremendously big. Um, and even with the oceans, which I'll just touch briefly, because they said in 2050, Um, there'll be more plastic in the ocean than fish. I think that was a stat oh that came God. out last oh year. Eye. So, And I think now it's starting to truly touch people because I would say about a year and a half, two years ago, we truly saw a difference um, in the consumer's habit. And it started with that image of the turtle with a straw inside mm. his yeah. that nozzle. And I think that really striked everyone's mind and truly realized that that was an issue because before that you don't see it. But I think more and more people are being, becoming more aware of this, uh, of this disaster. You know, if they all change their habits, if more people purchase your product, then that reduces a huge amount of waste that's, that's utilized. Uh, it's a small It's a small step. It's just the same as someone not using plastic straws. If they use a metal straw, mm -hmm. there's less plastic going out there. So you also mentioned that, you know, the unscented, it means that your products are all unscented. How is not having fragrances also environmentally friendly? Well, first of all, when I started the business, it's because since the age early on, around 12, 13 years old, I started to be intolerant to fragrances. So I've been producing my own cleaning products and a bit of beauty products uh, at home over the years. So for me, it was just a natural to design a line 
of, uh, of product that would be exclusively on scented. And you know what? There's plenty other companies out there that focuses on uh, bringing products with great fragrance. But for me, it was just not an option. I yeah. wanted to, to have um, this line that would be exclusively unscented. And so, you know what? The, the name says it all. I've really, for me, the fragrance is definitely one of the ingredients that is the most sensitive for people with asthma and people with allergies. Well, and what you mentioned as well is, you know, the fact that it's unscented, just because it's not scented doesn't mean that you can't have other orders odors in your home. You know, oh I believe, God. you know, when I think of my parents' home, I don't think of the smell of lavender. You know, I usually think of my parents cooking or, you know, my, my mother baking bread. And when I think of, you know, my own apartment, I think of, you know, one of my dear friends coming over, always make an espresso. I don't think it always has to smell like a cleaning product, which, you know, I don't necessarily enjoy the smell of like a Lysol lemon. Uh, exactly. Well, I, I had the same. You know what? Uh, this morning, my daughter, who's 11, came downstairs and I had baked cookies before going to work. Um, and that's what the smell I want her to remember for yeah. the rest of her life. That smell of waking up with maybe breakfast or the bacon cooking or um, that's it, the chocolate chip cookies in the oven. There's so many of the fresh flowers. And you know what? When you take out all of those synthetic smells, the real smells of the houses uh, gets yeah. enhanced. It, it, is, it, it, is, it does smell like something. It's not as if there's no smell at all. And I think that makes it much more memorable just, just because scent is also tied to our memories. So when, when someone goes to another building and, remind, and they smell something that reminds them of home, it would just lead them to happiness most times. Absolutely. Absolutely. I also want to touch base on, you know, the fact that you're a certified B Corp. Um, what does that entail to those who don't understand what that certification represents? You know what? It's a, a certification that will give you a chance to open your status of incorporation, B Corp states you reopen your status and you include with the profit your environmental and community consideration. So it's, in, it's part of your business. It's part of your business model that yes, we can be a profitable business, but sustainable. Well, I think it also shows, you know, you mentioned just to be sourcing locally, it reduces your footprint significantly. If you're sourcing from India or sourcing from China, to get those products, it would have to be shipped by plane. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And the supply chain is completely different, and the supply chain is that much more um, costly or a larger footprint on the, the environment than if you're sourcing only locally. Um, for sure, for sure. I think there's a there's also a notion of knowing where your products are manufactured and by who and in which condition it is manufactured. So for me, that was also a very big uh, aspect. And well, the great thing about being an entrepreneur is you do have the the ability to change patterns and thought process and to have a voice. And I think that's what you do with your products. You know, you encourage someone to come back and do a refill. So exactly. thereby, in the long run, changing actually how they behave and then being good for the environment so they can understand why doing a refill is better than just buying a new plastic 
jug yes, of detergents. Absolutely. absolutely. And you know what? Last year in 2019, we uh, saved 400,000 bottles from going to the landfill because people refilled one of their bottles. And this year, my objective is a million bottles. And something else that I think is quite exciting that happened in the past, but hopefully it's hopefully it still gives you some, puts a smile on your face, but you know, you were, you know, you were mentioned on Goops, I think of mm-hmm. her, uh, her seven favorite homeware items or cleaning items. Correct me if I um, butchered that. Um, but how has that, um, how did that come back, come about and how has that changed um, your business? Well, when we got the call from uh, the content director, uh, Elise from Google, and Gwyneth, they were both in town and they wanted to meet uh, companies that they actually uh, discovered. And Unfunded Company was uh, discovered by Gwyneth Paltrow because you know what? She likes uh, to detox uh, her body or hair and she wanted to detox their home or offer her um, customers to detox their home. And she just fell in love with the brand and fell in love with what we were doing. And you know what? She launched my business. She literally uh, put it up front by doing, not only putting it on Google, but blogging about our our first choice out of our essential cleaning products, which for us, uh, we, uh, we had people writing about it, the Yahoo Finance, we had articles. And from there, I would say that happened in 2018. And since then, the business has been growing month after month. So I I owe her a lot. And actually, we just signed Urban Outfitters in the United States. I saw. I know, but because she saw, they saw it on Goop. Oh, that's amazing. It's amazing. And when you ask them, how come you know us? It was just such a random call. They just give us a call. Can you send us some samples? For sure, we will send you samples, but how did you hear about us? And he says, well, we saw you on Google. So they are definitely a reference in the United States. Well, and, you know, just the fact that someone approaches you, that changes everything. I think a lot of times, you know, brands will, you know, try to go to Philly and try to contact Urban Outfitters, and it changes the conversation, you know, because then it's where the brand wants to be at Urban Outfitters. So then the buyer has more leverage. But if the buyer approaches you, it's, it's a completely different conversation. Absolutely. So that that's a congratulations. Congratulations. Is it is it live right now on Urban Outfitters? Can we purchase your products there? Absolutely. They are on the website and they're doing great. And uh, we have good comments, good good reviews. Even better. (laughs) (laughs) Even better. That's it. The thing is, is that to get the first order, it's easy to get the second one because people are buying it back. They're recurrent. That's another story, but uh, it's still we just shipped our first order, so we'll see how it goes. But right now the reviews are good. Well, that's that's a positive sign. So if we have good reviews, then that's hopefully it. going forward, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, to change gears a bit, um, you know, you've been an entrepreneur, or you know, for a long time. How has mm-hmm. being a woman affected you? Especially, even you could speak about your your history of like living in the U.S., you know, when you were living in Birmingham, Alabama, or elsewhere? You know what? I was very lucky because I grew up in a family-owned business uh, environment. So my father had his own business. My mother had his own business. Uh, My father's business grew more where my mother joined my father. So I saw my parents 
uh, building and growing a company. And at 10 years old, we were sitting at the dinner table talking about cash flow and about uh, reducing the staff. And, yeah. and, and, and what it's, I saw that. Um, I love the entrepreneur uh, mindset. And I mostly learned at a very young age, early on, that the entrepreneur was, yes, the business, but it was mostly someone in the community that was respected and yeah. that we expected that he would be involved. And I saw my father organizing the Christmas parade in the village. And he actually, we um, bought a house for Cambodian people coming to Canada wow. and to integrate them. And he was always at the start of those projects. And for me, that was an entrepreneur, someone who built a business, but also be involved in the in his community. And I fell in love with that. And so early on, my father, I joined my father's business after university. And when I was 25, 24 years old, he says, why don't you go in the U.S. and, uh, and start the U.S. side of things? And I said, sure. I said, will you come and help? He says, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, go. <laughs> and in two months from now, and we had a supplier, uh, actually a foundry in Birmingham, Alabama. So that's exactly where I had. I drove down from Montreal to Birmingham, 27 or 28 hours driving. And I went to see my supplier and I said, you know what, we're going to establish a little assembly plan. You're going to get, we're going to get our, our, our parts from you and we're going to just start selling in the U.S. And, uh, and it all worked so well. And three months later, my foundry uh, comes by and he says, Annie, I have a bad news. And I said, what? He says, I'm going bankrupt. And I said, okay. Oh. And he says, at noon. Uh, I said, okay, so I'd moved to Birmingham because of him. And, but you know what? It gave me the opportunity to purchase his business and move it inside mine. And I was running an aluminum foundry and an assembly plant by the age of 26 in Birmingham, Alabama. And as we spoke before, they really uh, had a fascination for someone with an accent because it was, Annie, you have a weird accent. What part of Alabama are you from? And so being French, being from Montreal, being Canadian, um, being a woman was definitely something different, but I, I never thought twice about it. Uh, Well, I, I imagine it was quite the learning experience, you know, going, Somewhere, especially Birmingham, Alabama. I don't think you had family there. I mean, or no, a no, network there. You on know, going the, on your own um, and somewhere that's very different from Quebec, um, and starting a business there. And I, it was I very it's... different, but I loved it because it was so different that I learned so much. I remember the first few months meeting customers. Um, I realized that I needed to know about college. Pro, no, college football, pro football, yes. and NASCAR. And I needed to know who had won and what was going on to start the conversation. Yeah. But this is a culture, um, part of what the, the U.S. was. And I loved it because I started learning and following and going to matches. And, and I probably knew more about it than any Americans did. So... <laughs> Because I kind of had to, I had to, because I wanted to make sure that people understood that I was 
uh, a company, Canada, a Canadian company yeah. that I established in the U.S. with my U.S. flag. So it was very and, important. And that you were also part of the community. And that's what, it, you know, referencing back to your father, you know, the fact that you were able to adapt and learn about, you know, what's important to them to start small talk that allows exactly. success to, to occur. Exactly, exactly. But yet I, I, I learned so much and I, I have a tremendous uh, respect and I love uh, working uh, in the U.S., and, and right now we have Urban Outfitters and we have uh, yep. Northeast of Whole Foods. Um, and we have about 35 now and near Brooklyn, New York. I just can't wait to grow it more in the U.S. And hopefully go visit you guys more often. Yes, hopefully sooner than later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, um, and to close, um, you know, I always ask for advice. Um, do you have any advice to any other, you know, young companies or entrepreneurs who are trying to start or trying to improve on themselves? Well, you know what? I think if there's one message and one advice I could give. Uh, definitely that we are able today in 2020 to build strong businesses, profitable businesses, and sustainable businesses. Yes. That it's not a choice today that we have to pick between profit or environment. We can definitely... Um, do both and have great growth business, great profit at the bottom line. And I sure hope people stick and keep their value while they're building their businesses, because I think we're all better off if you, uh, you do your startup and you grow your business on your own values. Well, no, I agree with you because we've touched on this several times on my podcast. It's always staying true to yourself and your DNA. And I think exactly. if someone decides to, step away from their own values, then it's going to be difficult to become successful because that would continually conflict, you know, with their business. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Um, well, yeah. But anyways, Andy, um, for your time. It's always merci. a pleasure chatting with you. Oh, I'm, sure we'll have, <laughs> I'm certain we'll have other conversations. All right, oh, I so. look forward to it. Merci d'avoir écouté Ryan's Rants and Raves. Suivez-nous sur Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. Thank you for listening to Ryan's Rants and Raves. Follow us on Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. À très bientôt.